following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Pros and cons of electionary preaching. Sorry, what? A dictionary? Like, say it's in a very poor neighborhood, you should probably talk about how to be more responsible with your money. That's um, all you should talk about when you're in a poor neighborhood. That was a wild thing to pull out, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, you're poor? Be better. <laughs> oh, that's going to be the intro. No. All right. Welcome to Second Rate Saints Podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts here, Caleb. It's not to my left, it's across. Oh, yes. Who are you? Uh, I'm Colton, and to my left... I'm Joel, and to my left... It's me, Caleb. Uh, we're sitting in a triangle today, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, yeah. we're missing Josh. He's going to be very angry that I didn't say to my left anyway. That's okay. Yeah. And we're also missing Stuart again, unfortunately. We miss you, Stuart. Um, Joel, what do we do on the internet? Yeah, so if you're wanting to check us out online, we've got uh, secondratesaints.com. Um, if you'd like to listen to the podcast, we've got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally everywhere podcasts are found. Um, if you'd like to keep in touch with what we're doing, any announcements or things like that, you can check us out at uh, our Twitter or our Instagram, also Second Rate Saints. Um, keep an eye out because we do have projects in the works that we would love for you guys to hear about as soon as they come out. Not that we can put a date on those yet, but uh, if you'd like to um, donate financially to Second Rate Saints and kind of uh, expanding the mission we've got going on here um, as a fledgling podcast, um, you can go to buymeacoffee slash uh, or buymeacoffee.com slash Second Rate Saints, um, which is our, our method of giving right now, um, although that might be subject to change as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. And there's more stuff now. That used to be like a five-second segment. It yeah. just feels like there's way more. Yeah. yeah. Once once other stuff does come out, it's going to be... That's we're going to have to figure out a way to say a lot and little. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. Um, sadly, I am still halfway through too many books. I think so are a lot of the other saints here. As am I. Yeah. So we're not doing a what have you read. So in preparation for our topic today, which is sermons, right? In general, generic <laughs> sermons. We're going to talk about how they, like, what should we think about them? How do they, what's the role that they play? What are some serious questions react, like, when we think about sermons? Um, I'm going to read a quote by the uh, Prince, of, Prince of Preachers. Okay. Spurgeon himself. I don't, <clears throat> I don't love that title, but I, I, I it sounds cool. It it, isn't it's it? weird to isn't attribute it? it. It's not just, it's, it's, it's the historical <laughs> term. People know. Um, <clears throat> No reason exists why the preaching of the gospel should be a miserable operation for either the speaker or the hearer. It's pretty good. Are you sure? Half the time it is. <laughs> it's just a funny quote. <laughs> There's I, a good chance it's miserable for one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, I, I like the fact that he's like, there's no reason why it, sh- why it like has to be, why it should be. Mm-hmm. Presupposing that it often is. <laughs> A more modern iteration that I've heard of that is there is no reason not to be fascinated by the gospel, mm, right? Yeah. Which is is probably one of the things you see on like an Instagram inspirational page, but it's like it's true. Um, yeah, no, there's there's this kind of there's a depth to scripture, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're when you're listening to sermons or when you're preaching. Um, 
that you have, there's really no ex- like excuse to be an inch deep, mm-hmm. right? There's no excuse to be a mile wide and an oh, inch yeah. deep um, because ultimately, whether it's through church history, whether it's through like proper scriptural teaching, or even if it's just through the way you're delivering the sermon, you have a lot of maneuverability of how you communicate God's word. And there's, there's no reason not to be engaging um, on at least two of those fronts. Yes. Anyways. Don't make your sermons boring and try not to be bored by sermons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is also a responsibility on the part of the listener to um, yeah, be attentive engage. and to honestly seek after, okay, what has been prepared? Yeah, you're not just there to be there. Mm. Well, yeah. some people are. <laughs> Some people just show up to church just to, hey, I That's did true. the thing. That's so fair. Bef- we have kind of some generic questions on sermons. This is going to be rather laid back, free flow. Here's some questions like on the topic of sermons, mm-hmm. both in like the listening realm, the writing realm, the how they function in the church realm. Here's some just we're going to bat around some questions and mm-hmm. just get our ideas out there because it's kind of, it's a little meta. It feels like, yeah. um, can we go over like a little bit of a definitions list we've put out there? Like just cause we're, it's going to come up while we're talking about sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that like kind of later on that we're going to cover that? What do you mean? In our notes, there's a list of different types of sermons and like, yeah, that we're going to be going through. We'll cover yeah, that yeah. later. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I, I won't jump the so, gun then. Sorry. In the interest of definitions, yeah. the first question is, what actually is a sermon? What counts as a sermon? What, what is it? Speaking the word of God. Mm. That's my definition. See, that's, to me, there's, there is an atmosphere where a sermon is preached. Okay. Right. So you can talk about God's word and it not be a sermon. It can just be a conversation. So weirdly enough, a sermon is okay, yeah. kind of... More of a one-way conversation about God's word. Can I? I'll try. No, that's not like my hard and fast definition. That's just, I was thinking. Um, It's the presentation of the gospel truth encapsulated in scripture for the edification of the believer. The problem with that definition, even in that, is it does kind of just slice off evangelistic preaching. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a definition, but I think that's a working, like, if I'm going to, I think, I think that's the way I think of sermons, at least. Mm. No, I, I think I agree. Uh, like you said, it kind of leaves out that more evangelistic uh, preaching and sermons. Oh, oh, here's the thing. Are preaching and sermons different? Yeah, that's another question. Yeah. Think about, like, Acts 2. As soon as the Holy Spirit's given to the, uh, to the, uh, to the apostles, I almost said the preachers, that's not the right word. Um, they go out and they preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Simon Peter specifically goes out and preach. Uh, does that count as a sermon or is that just him preaching to the people? Mm. Well, I think it's, you see it also in Stephen, mm. right? There's a retelling of the r- cultural religious identity of Israel and then how that relates to Jesus and what has happened in the work and person of Jesus. And then he articulates how that applies to the people right there. Hmm. So it's like, is that a sermon 
it's mm. so scripturally tied. Like they do just reference, especially with more so with Stephen than with with uh, Peter. Although Peter does it as well. They do just reference to the events in scripture all over the place. Oh yeah, right. And so it's not like it's devoid of scripture, even though I I, I don't know if there's a, a verbatim quote actually in either one of those sermons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about the difference between preaching and sermons, but if I if I were to draw a line somewhere, it'd probably be things like um, like whether or not it's to a church or not. Because you think about things like the Sermon on the Mount, how it relates to the Old Testament with mm-hmm. certain things, how it relates to the believers themselves or something homiletical about it. Um, we're Do we want to define homiletical? You should define homiletical, Caleb. Oh, I just volunteered myself. Uh, homiletics would be the, kind of the, the field of study of how do you present, let's say, more academic facts. Mm. in a in a sermon how do you how does that how does the academic hard cold exegetical facts Mm -hmm. of like cultural context and the language how does how is that turned into Mm -hmm. a something presentable to uh, people a message to to people that they aren't just going to be like how can i not slog through you know 80 pages listening to an audio book yeah yeah well i mean when we were taking we when we took our i guess it was a homiletics course it dealt with homiletics but it was always uh, explained, I guess you could say homiletically, as a river, <laughs> mm. right? And the the idea of homiletics is it's the bridge, right? So you yep. have the congregation on one side and then scripture on the other. How do you cross that bridge? Uh, which, yep. if you want to read uh, Preaching God's Word, oh, we could have covered that, I guess. But Preaching God's Word with, um, oh, what's the guy's name? I don't it's, know. It's I know written by three about. different uh, preachers, and yeah. it's it's one of the best textbooks I've ever read. Actually, really, they, they're yeah, they they simplify it an incredible amount for such a complex topic, but um, yeah, it, it's it's all about crossing the river. They have I think a twelve step or whatever. Um, yeah, it is it is the exegetical. I, model. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was yeah. pretty good. It is exegetical. Yeah, yeah. Um, Terry Carter, um, Jay Derval. And mm. Jay Hayes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's who it is. Yeah, I found that really. I still use that actually. Mm. Like, there, I, there's a lot to get from that book mm-hmm. about sermons and how to make a sermon, and like you said, crossing that bridge so that people understand. But at its heart, that's what homiletics is. It right. is just crossing the gap of, I guess, relevance, but it's more like usability, right? Mm. That people aren't going to walk away with useless information. Well, I think the homiletics in of itself would. Would own, how can I say it? Um, the same biblical text can be said in, can be studied in a classroom and can be preached on on Sunday, right? But homiletics is the difference, right? Even though the, po- the main point may be the same even, right? The theology from this chapter of the Bible is X, Mm. And the sermon may even still go with the theology from the chapter of this, uh, the, the chapter is X. Mm-hmm. Yet homiletics will be the difference in those, in the one hour lecture versus the mm-hmm. one hour sermon yeah. or whatever. And that's on the preacher to get that across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's even something we could ex- explore as well. Is it on the part, is it primarily on the part of the individual listening? Or the one preaching to um, derive meaning from the sermon. Mm-hmm. 
Because at, like at some point, it stops becoming the preacher's issue and starts becoming the listener. Because right? yeah. I'm not going to say that a preacher should get up and just say whatever's on his mind and someone will understand it. What I'm saying is he can prepare only up to a point you where the rest of the work is in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink kind of thing. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, I, I think that the primary uh, agent, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. uh, with the sermon has to be the preacher. It's yeah. their responsibility. They've been given that responsibility. Sure. To try to reach, if you're, it doesn't have to be reach everybody necessarily, but to get across what they're trying to get across in the best way possible. Well, then you run into these overly relevant preachers. Did you see um, online, it was a huge deal this last August, maybe, where it was church at the movies. Did you guys see that? Where there was a lot of churches doing thematic Sundays that were all about a movie that was in, like there was a Toy Story one where the pastor dressed up as Woody and that's how he gave his sermon. And that's kind of what? where people started disagreeing with. It, it was really weird. Feels- there was one with Barbie. Like there was one for the Barbie movie. Oh, that's movie. right. I do it remember this. It was super this. weird. Yes, yes, but yes. it's becoming a common thing. And for me, that is the preacher, maybe not necessarily a preacher, but those who are in charge of delivering the sermon. Um, it's them bending over backwards to make them pay attention. Whereas I believe they should have stopped before that. And it's now on the part of the listener to derive meaning because the meaning's already there. Stop it with all the flashing lights. Um, Yeah. No, I I think I personally agree with that. Um, Do you think that that's like, does that change depending who you're preaching to? Like if you're preaching to children, should you make it flashier? Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, know your context, I suppose. Right. Like, That stuff, VBSs are all about that, right? Yes, like they're all true. about the theme there. And that's fine. That'll work as long as God's word is being communicated. Um, but I, I think there is a, definitely a difference between preaching to children or youth or like, you know, your demographic essentially. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. So if we're going to go back to the, the, to the original question, which is what is a sermon? Okay. Right. Um, are we going to essentially say a sermon is heavily reliant on homiletics. In other words, presenting mm-hmm. biblical truth in such a way that the recipient mm-hmm. actually is, is able to receive it, yeah. right? So that, 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 that bridge is built to a mm-hmm. certain degree, a whole lot more than in like raw academia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, does that also count with uh, topical sermons? Because it'll be exegetical by nature because you can't just preach what you yeah. want. Well, I mean, you can. I know people do, but I'm ignoring that yeah. for now. I, I think it applies with topical sermons, too. It's just easier to be naturally homiletic in topical sermons. Because okay. you could do a topical sermon on like, oh, think, think about it like you have great cultural critiques from many ph- philosophers and Christian perspectives that remain in the ivory tower because they're 300 pages long and they're just this massive like hey this is dissection of this mm-hmm. cultural concept and this is where the bible applies to this and blah 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 blah. and there is use there but oh yeah you can't just present that in front of a bunch of people no but a, but a topical sermon would be kind of that presented in a homiletical form yeah so i think i think homiletics plays in even topical sermons it's just far easier for the average pastor to do it mm. it's just far easier for anyone to do it are, is there such thing as a sermon that's not homiletic? I don't think so. I don't Unless think so it's either. Testimony. 
In what way is a testimony not? Because the source is not scripture. Interesting. I mean, testimonies can have a source of scripture. Uh, but I the best ones it, do. But I don't think that that's the source. I think that that's a, that's mm-hmm. a, yeah. that's a, yeah. a side thing to help. It's tool. It's more practical. Yeah. But I don't think it's the, the primary drive in testimonial stuff. Now we're getting mm-hmm. a little ahead, but yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Let's. Yes. 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 The answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think? We've kind of brushed along this a little bit. What is scripture's role in the sermon? It's the focus, right? Like, yeah, it's just the focus to me. Like, um, it is it what's be. on the other side of the river, hmm. right? That you're trying to bring across. So it's it's the you know what? it's the cargo. I I don't disagree. I think if we want to bring up Spurgeon again, okay. what is that uh, your sermon should be Christ, 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 nothing but Christ. Yep. Um, I think that the, like you're saying with scripture, I think it's a little deeper than that. The primary thing that's across the river that you're trying to get to people, people to mm-hmm. is God in Christ. Um, and scripture is the main means for which we do it. That's why things oh, like. In that metaphor, like you bring something across the river. You're not bringing anyone to the river. It's people stay where they are and you bring them the, oh, the message. Like there's no movement of the, of the object. Yes, but I think scripture is the, the way from which God reveals himself. The, the that's edific- why scripture is the main focus, except for things like testimony. The edification of the church, either, um, or the, like, mm-hmm. the impact mm-hmm. or the, the hope of impact, the, not in, in like a hyper charismatic way, but the experiencing Mm-hmm. Of, of of the Holy Spirit and of God and the 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 feeding of of the people of God, mm-hmm. that is the desire for the for the sermon. Now, the way that we do those things are by investigating God's word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Usually, mm-hmm. but that's why. But is, we can still call it a type of sermon. Yeah, and so I th- like we're all at least for the three of us. It seems as though we're kind of like this is our working definition, although it's not. super cohesive so i think i'm ready for it to change by the end of this podcast i've got no problem with it but 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 i think that the um the scripture's role in a sermon is the um, catalyst and uh, I'm, i'm i'm searching for words now is the catalyst by which we present christ present the gospel message Mm. I think for the, yes, I also think that for the majority of sermons, the vast majority of sermons, it is also the source, which you get truth about God and Christ, Yeah, which is why it should be the focus. Mm -hmm. That's why we shouldn't use just everyday objects as the source for how we preach by themselves. Yeah. But it's Mm -hmm. not scripture in of itself. Yeah. That is the, the, the focus of the sermon. Uh, I think by the nature of it being the living, breathing word of God, it's, to some extent it is. I think it's what, but, I, I guess, I guess now we're getting into the minutia of like, yeah, is it what scripture fair. points yeah. to, or is it the scripture itself? Fair enough. Now we're I, like, I how, think, how far back do you want to look away from the forest before? But that's, that's kind of what I was saying with like Joel. Joel's not wrong. I think I just go the one step deeper is what the scripture point to was the purpose of scripture. Yeah. It's to, yeah. to show truth and uh, revelation about God and Christ. And so yeah. then it's just the means of, like one of the main means in which we communicate that to people. Interesting. 
Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on then. What are the different types of sermons? So we have a list here. Um, not comprehensive. There are not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you don't do any of these, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, also, there's a lot of big words in here. Um, first and foremost, the one that every like kind of Bible theology nerd likes to talk about is yeah, exeg- my favorite. exegetical sermons. Yeah. Um, you mean, you exegetical sermons, sermons are sick. <laughs> sermons about the Bible. Yeah. A biblical sermon is too vague. Can, can, yeah, can right. one of you guys break that down for me? I'm what like, is biblical theology, which is not vague. Yeah. Biblical yeah. theology is incredibly vague. <laughs> um, can one of you guys break down what is an exegetical sermon? Yeah, it's, uh, it's following scripture. So exegetical, um, exegesis being out of the text, right, is, is you preach, but you preach primarily what the text is saying. So a lot of times when you're doing exegetical sermons, you'll deal more with context, um, whether historical, geographical, cultural, like you are going to be dealing with the words on the page, which sounds like, of course, like it sounds a little bit obvious, but it is the distinctive of exegetical. It is the most scriptural base that you can get. Right. Trying um, to get explicitly and only the author, the ethereal yeah. intent. Also, when we're talking about these sermons, they are not only are they not comprehensive, they're not homogenous. They will bleed into each other. Mm. Um, like you can start off a sermon very exegetically. Right. And then once you've dealt with that topic, you can go into application, which would technically be more expository. Right. You'll yeah. be taking something out of the text um, and then applying it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do expository? I don't know expository as well. Like it's well, the, my the idea is that it takes its main points and ideas from the text itself. But rather than reading the verbatim text or ver- mm. verbatim script, rather it takes say the argumentation from the text and then uses that to build the sermon. Is that the idea? So it's it's almost like it takes the theme rather than the plot. You think so for exegetical? See, that's what I'm asking. Or, no, sorry for expository. Oh, expository. Yes. That would, that would be a, a I would probably say closer for expository. It takes the topics, the main points of something. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I always thought expository preaching and exegetical preaching were actually fairly synonymous. No, similar, not synonymous. I don't think, uh, I like, I think rather than exegetical, I've heard more textual. So yeah, say here's, here's the problem though, is people who write textbooks mm. oftentimes, You'll get different schools of thought that use different mm-hmm. terms for yeah. overlapping things. That's yeah. true. Um, and so when you say textual, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Textual. Yeah, because are you talking about textual criticism as in like a certain hermeneutic? Or are you talking textual like you're just going to read it and then you're going to talk about it? Yeah, I don't know. Because um, I always thought expository was the exposition of the exegesis. Oh, that's what I thought. It was. Okay, yes. fine. We'll Whereas stick with that. Then that's is just re- reading out what some like, uh, I'm sure most people have been to a sermon that's been, okay, this is like, you've read this verse, but here, let me give you the cultural background behind the verse. And so now it shows it in a new light. And then that is purely what the exegesis is, uh, to reveal what the text quote unquote actually means. But, I, but okay. Cause then the expository is taking that and using it more applicationally, isn't it? I don't know. That was my understanding. I don't know. I, if, so. I don't know if applicationism is it is tied in with expository. I thought it was just espousing really? the exegesis. Um, hmm. The way I have it written here, this is notes from a class, but uh, 
is the it's a detailed interpretation, logical amplification, and practical application are the three main points of an expository sermon. Okay, but yeah, it doesn't have to be. I don't know if these are hard and fast lines or anything probably like not. Uh, well, that's the problem. Is people are trying to figure out how to preach a sermon. We have general <laughs> ideas about what the what types there are, but I don't think it's how to talk. Well, it's not exactly that they blur together. It's that they can all be used. Yeah. Like in, in, even in, uh, together, sure. right? Like, like a, a really good example of, um, ah, no, I won't cover well, that right now. It does. Here's, here's one of the interesting things too, where scripture in of itself presents certain uses some of these terms, right? Yeah. That's where, always the danger. What do you mean? That, that's always the problem when it comes to, uh how people then describe it is because they'll have different interpretations of what that means. Well, like here, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as an example. I we actually read this earlier. Okay. Um, Paul, when he's doing this whole talking to Timothy in first, second, second Timothy, um, 11 to 13, he does the, this saying is trustworthy and true. If we die with him, we live with him. If we endure, we reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot re- deny himself. Cool. Mm. Awesome. Whatever. The immediate implications of that, the implied things that Paul's putting forward is when he talks about the faithfulness of God, right? He's, he's, mm. he's building up upon the, the hesed of God in the Old Testament and puts yep. that all forward. Um, and even parts of that's not explicitly articulated, yet it's the implications of it, even though he's taken what could be, ex- let's say, topically even presented or theologically interpreted, and then presents it in an ex in a expository way in that like quasi creed form. It's, yeah, I was mm. going to say it sounds like almost a creed. Yeah, well, it's it probably is. Right, it probably is um, an early church creed. Um, Not the movie. What? Oh, the movie no. Creed. Yeah, <laughs> good movie. Um, Never seen it. But it, it seems expository in its own nature. Then, mm. but. Whatever. I don't know. I find it interesting. Also, like, how would you, how would you dissect the sermons that are recorded in the Bible itself? Right. Sorry. I introduced a whole. Yeah, cool. Because it's not commentary on scripture. It is scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Not to then go back on what does expository mean, but it means like to expose, right? Mm -hmm. That's why it's expository. It exposes what the text means. It's showing what it, what it says Mm -hmm. to the people doesn't have to be like, oh, here's this big revelation. But it's not just but what it says. It's also what it means. Sure. Right? Because that's what you, you were saying in your class notes, right? To application. Yeah. So it's like you're revealing. I guess you're just revealing the tie. Now we're just homiletics again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, homiletics is important for servants. Let's, let's shift gears off of this because it seems like we're going a little bit in circles now. Okay. What is evangelistic preaching then? I mean... It's a guy on the street corner, right? <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that would count, right? Okay. Um, evangelistic, evangelion, the gospel. Mm-hmm. That is the root of it. Um, yeah. No, I think that it's preaching centered around the gospel. <laughs> That's, or not only the gospel, but that you are in need of a savior. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it specifically targeting the unsaved or those who are questioning? Um, no, those who are I don't think it church. even needs to target. I think it just needs to have the focus of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And sure, you can have a, a target as such, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately, um, 
I think even our, our mainline churches that are all saved maybe for years do well to hear the gospel reiterated again and again. Absolutely, for sure. Right. So I that's that's my hesitation to I, say it's only for those unsaved. I don't know if as a type of sermon, mm-hmm. the content, no matter how it's presented or articulated or whatever, automatically means it's evangelistic. Like I could talk about how I could pre- I could preach a sermon on soteriology, right? Mm-hmm. The, study, the doctrine of salvation. And it would be extremely topical, very systematic. Uh, but it would be, quote unquote, the, the good news, right? It like, is the gospel. It is yeah. the gospel. But it's not presented in, even in an evangelistic would, form. But would, hmm, are right? you, I would say, if would, I was doing a sermon on soteriology, it would be evangelistic. Well, I guess it I would guess, be well, wild to bring up salvation and not offer it. He, Here's where, yeah, I, I, okay. I agree. I guess that the difference is, is cult, at least I don't know about Colton. My thought is that evangelistic preaching is specifically targeting the unsaved, presenting the gospel. So. That's, that's, that was what I thought by the term. But if that's not what you're would, saying. For Joel, um, would the uh, an evangel- evangelistic uh, it's written evangelistic. Oh, no, evangelistic. No, it's, it's messing me up. Nice. Um, the uh would would that kind of sermon be more like about being saved how you're saved or the story of being saved something like that not oh, necessarily sociology so itself just taking it to be but gospel centered and of course all of it's going to be gospel centered sure, at some most point. sermons gospel centered yeah like the vast vast majority of them yeah, Except for ones enough. that only cover like Genesis, but then well, even reformed thought would be that all sermons need to be need to be mm-hmm. gospel. Yeah. A lot of people like have that. some pushback on that, but that is that is kind of the reformed thought. Yeah, yeah. I flip flop on that idea. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, you want everything to tie back to Christ, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but sometimes you you do take away from the message of the text, trying to. Take it right to Christ. Um, even though all things speak towards Christ, it just, I've been in some weird sermons where that, that's happened. Yeah. I think there's a right and wrong way to do it. And even as I'm saying it, it sounds a little bit wrong to me, but like. Seems, it feels strange, doesn't it? It does. It feels like you should talk about Christ when you're on the pulpit, but at the same time, there are places where it feels like it doesn't fit. And, and what I mean by this is like, this is wild. if you <laughs> preach on David and Goliath, should you, oh, should you read Christ into that story. I don't know. And how would you? I don't know. I, no, you shouldn't read Christ into the story, but should you tie it back to Christ in some way? Sure. I don't think it's that we can take down giants. I don't think that's a good... I can. Because I have the power of God in me. Yeah, fair enough. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. What do you think, Caleb? Do you think that... Uh, evangelical preaching is to the unsaved yes why um because i think it's the present it's the presentation of the good news in such a way that it will have maximal effect on the on the unsaved and (laughs) thus there is generally speaking um less quotation of scripture more analogies, more stories for them mm. to understand. 
um, yeah. what is being said, more cultural tie-in, um, less, yeah, less um, church language. Um, yeah, that, that's my understanding of if someone was going to say, I'm going to preach an evangelistic sermon. Yeah. When, I, when I think evangelistic sermon, I think of the ones that Jesus preached, like you have the Sermon on the Mount, but specifically like... But that uh, one's not evangelistic not, at all. <laughs> it's not, that's, that's why. But uh, things like the bread of life in John 6 or uh, Peter in Acts 2 or Philip. Uh, Philip? Yes, the, the one that was st- Stephen. Mm. Uh, who's stoned is I would consider those to be more evangelistic um, sermons. I would actually go with Acts 17. Hold on. Whoa. I don't know if I got the chapter right for which? Um, Paul in Athens, Athens, when he's uh, like, this is the, the thing, this I is, I think it's 17. This is the uh, statue of the unknown 19. God. 19. I don't know. 19 is, if I get it right, I'm going to be very happy. Um, I would consider that more so, um, to be not that what you're saying is wrong. I think that the, that what happens there is more aligned with what I'm thinking of evangelistic okay. preaching. Um, next, next example though, mm-hmm. and this is by no again, this is by no means um, exhaustive. Exhaustive topical sermons, and this is the most common. Topical sermons are by far the most common in mm. churches, especially evangelical churches. Especially evangelical. Well. I think, I think even just, like Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox. Uh, I don't know about Eastern Orthodox. I know Roman Catholics, some from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, whatever. Um, so I don't think it's a problem just located in evangelical circles. Regardless, sure. um, topical a sermons problem. would be kind of just like, I want to talk about X today. Today we're going to talk about money and I'm going to, I'm going to find where passages right. in scripture talk about it. And then I'm just going to, tie that into what i'm saying first of all you have i can hear your bias and how you're talking about oh it. oh really um, but uh when a slightly more good faith argument be that you're going to talk about a topic in the bible like tithing yeah. and then you go across different verses that talk about tithing yeah. or something like that um because yeah I, I do agree that the vast majority of them, hey, let's talk about being nice to people. Mm-hmm. And then here's a bunch of topics that kind of relate or verses that support why we should be nice to people. Yeah. Here's the thing. A good topical sermon is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll no, say I, it. I it's, 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 well, it's like systematic theology presented towards people that they'll immediately grab. And then the practical application just mm. is apparent. Yeah, it's obvious too. It's... A good topical sermon is beautiful. Also, a goodly, a, a, a timed topical sermon, too, is also great. Well, Timothy Keller makes this point in his book, Preaching. And now that we've kind of covered these little things, he, he makes a case that there is a percentage of each sermon that you should be preaching per year. And mm-hmm. not that you have to do it hard and fast, but I think it's something like um, 70% uh, exegetical and expository, and then like... 30% topical. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And, and his reason for that is because anyone who does exegesis too much is not engaging with culture. And anyone who does topical too much is not engaging enough with scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. If you allow the circumstance of your church um, to dictate too much of how the preaching is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if everything has to do with everybody else, you, you don't really learn from God's word in the same way. Isn't it? I think it's Billy Graham who did the whole. You should have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. <laughs> that oh, would yeah. make sense. Yeah. I think so. I think that was Billy Graham. Um, 
Yeah. Cause you need both. Yeah. And, but, and I'm totally comfortable with that. I love when there's a, an actual event that is thoughtfully covered by a preacher. Yeah. It, uh, it works. But based off of Caleb's reaction to this topic uh, and mine, because I agree, I, I, f- I feel sort of similar to most topical things. It is the easy, uh, arguably the easiest one to just do, right? Uh, it's the easiest one to write your sermon and then say it was supposed to be topical. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, I think, like you said, by far the most popular. And I think it's through the, uh, you can use different, uh, it, you can use the principles and ideas within the Bible to support what you're trying to say, which can be usually pretty good. Um, like the idea that you're trying to get across is usually pretty good. Like, hey, you should uh, be generous to people. Here's a bunch of verses about being generous. I, all of mine have to do with money, all my examples for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, if you want an example of a topical sermon that is exclusively topical, um, Netflix comedy special. <laughs> well, that's what, what it is. Oh, a, a topical sermon completely devoid of scripture is just a comedy special. Because they talk about things, but only to the relevance of its own content. Interesting. Right. Anyways, so that's the, the way I see. <laughs> Joel's just don't get me. I got, no, I got I, hard I, takes. In a very, like, ex- very niche way. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think I agree. Um, the, I think that there's two general types of uh, topical sermons. You have mm. the ones who take a topic that's like we would consider something like a biblical theology of covenants. And so we say preach on the biblical theology of covenants you're going to talk about multiple different scriptures and how it progresses well uh you have something that's more based in scripture and its progression and how it ends in christ or mm. something like that or you have the sermon where it's an idea that the preacher wants to talk about and then searches up verses to support it it's it's normally mm. just shoddy systematics rushed through homiletics yes what do you mean by that like systematics in that it's like i'm going to find everywhere where the bible mentions my idea mm-hmm. i'm going to then try to systematize that into a coherent thought or a series of coherent thoughts. And then I'm going to present that in such a way the going running through the homiletics thing. I'm going to present that in such a way that people can understand what the, the, the synthesis of the biblical testimony is. Hmm. Which on its face doesn't sound bad. Yeah. It's yeah. Like the words you're using sound great. Here's the thing. I also want to fully come out and say, I have not actually preached that much. Probably about a dozen times. That's it. I am by no means an expert. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, we should have led with that. I'm, yeah, I've preached a total of one time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I thought it was more than that. Maybe a mm. couple more. I just don't remember. But. I've been preaching more recently, which has been nice. Mm. Like in preparation for sermons, it's, it's been stressful, but it's been nice. Yeah. I, I think, so, so I don't want to come out as just like, ah, I'm just swinging and pe- putting people down because I have preached bad topical sermons. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, right. Internships will do that to you. <laughs> I guess there's really not an internship, but that's what I did. I mean, that's what that's what you do when you're the you're the pastor's son. And you just go home from Bible college. It's an mm. internship. They just don't call it that and you don't get paid. Fair enough. Um, well, <laughs> before we before we move on, do we want to talk about like. Because it is the most common, but why is it, a, why do people do it so much? Why is it a good thing? But also, why do we also have kind of an aversion to it, us personally, but also a lot of people who are like, eh, the, the preacher didn't preach something good. They just kind of rambled for a bit about a topic. Um, is there, what are the good things and bad things about topical preaching specifically? 
um, it relies on the wit of the individual for its content, right? Like it's, it's so much about, um, it's, it's almost too current where it's like, there's no way you had a, had time to properly think this through. Um, I mean, I've heard some really good topical sermons presented by systematicians. Sure. But that is them just taking what they know, what their mm-hmm. field of study is, yeah. and then trying to dumb it down to a 100 level or pre-100 level classroom. Yeah. And so the best of ones are able to present it and then do that cultural link that Joel's talking about. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's all of the, the bridging of the gap, all that, that historical cultural context is pre-done for the yeah. in the sermon right it's not even presented as part of it all of the the canonical um study the whole bible study of what's like how how do all these compounding ideas uh play together what is the relationship between the covenants of these different of these of when this idea whatever idea you have picked for your topical sermon how does it apply in the old testament and then how does that change in the new and what is that like all of that is pre-done mm-hmm. and so when it's presented in a topical sermon, oftentimes um, it has the chance to be a very holistic um, presentation of biblical truth, but it requires a, an extensive amount of. Think so? uh, yeah. What if you're talking talking about something like God's faithfulness, and you? It's the idea being that you're trying to get across to the people listening to it an idea of what God's faithfulness looks like in the Bible. Does it require an extensive amount of research and? understanding to be able to I do think that. If you're, I think if you were going to do a, a, a real study on, well, it depends. Well, to what level are you, are, you, are you preaching this? Are you preaching what is chesed in the Old Testament and how does that apply to Old Testament theology and how that's grounded in like the entire no. covenant? Because that's what it is. I think uh, you'd have to get into Genesis and like Jesus, not Jesus. You'd have to get into God making a covenant with Abraham and putting it upon himself by going through and going through the split animals. Mm -hmm. And that is, and his interaction with Abraham's descendants is built on his faithfulness to that covenant. Sure. And 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 like all of that compounds, it's like, but when somebody does a topical sermon on God's faithfulness, all of those things and how that plays into um, like some theology, theology presented in Deuteronomy and stuff. None of that's presented. Sure. And that's fine. Is it? It kind of sounds like it's not. It can be. Mm. But when you say it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. You're right. It doesn't have to be. But it's, and it's worse off for not being that way. I think so. Right. But what, what if you're trying to show that God is faith, like his, you're showing God's character mm-hmm. as the idea and getting that across to he's faithful in your life too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say do an expository. Of, sure. You could do an expository on something, but you, it would be topical if you covered many different topics within mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah. If you go like here, look, look what you did with David, with Goliath, you like his faithfulness when he brought Israel out of exile, how he did with the judges. And you can cover like the biblical history of that and show God is faithful throughout all of time. And now he's faithful to you too. Sure. Um, Why would we discount it for thousands of years? He was like that. You don't need to have it. Is that a bad sermon or? No, I had actually, what you're describing there, I think is a well thought out sermon Hmm. that requires a lot of biblical pre-knowledge which is what i was yeah. saying of why it, it's difficult to do which is why joel said the whole it relies on the wit of the writer yeah, difficult to do well <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I i don't 
I don't see where we're necessarily disagreeing. Uh, the idea is that you wouldn't necessarily present all of the uh, things like the word heseth uh, or uh, hesed. Hesed you wouldn't present why these the covenant has worked into this way with Abraham. Is you'd be going very lightly over each subject, and is that okay for a sermon? Does that make it a bad sermon, or does it require that deep dive into? Not even super deep dive, just a dive into a topic. Actually, let's let's talk about good versus bad sermon. I think that it's not that black and white, because ultimately, and and you guys might disagree with this, it is an art form. It ultimately it has a creative aspect to it. That yep. if you dislike it and you say this is a bad sermon, that could be creative difference, right? There have been good sermons where I'm like, I agree with his main point. I even liked his story, but I didn't like the way he presented it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to, a de- to a degree. Um, but that's, that's when I say, you can't just say, well, this is a bad sermon. Yeah, yeah. And, and that also ties back into, it is on the part of the listener at some point exactly. to yeah. begin mining wisdom out of the, yeah. you should always, what has been presented. You should mm-hmm. always go to a church expecting that God may teach you something through the sermon, even if you don't like it. Even if it's yeah. like extremely poorly presented, all yeah. of that sort of thing. I agree. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it is, it is, it, the, the sermon is presented by a person that has artistic flair that has, let's say public speaking skills or not. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing worse than listening to some 70 year old guy, just monotonely talking. What I love those guys. I can't stand it. See, and that's a, that's a difference, but there's, <laughs> it also, also, it does depend. Like if you're going to say, is it a bit good sermon? Or is it a bad sermon? Um, who's in the room, right? Yeah. Who's in the room? Is of it course. just age difference? Are you, are you presenting, like, are you preaching a sermon where you have multiple denominations in the room and mm-hmm. you can't say certain things without yep. causing massive. Hey, we're going to have a, we're going to have a sermon on uh, the sacraments. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like if you were, if you were a, um, let's say, oh, I, I won't get into it into a deep example, but in let's say more sacramental sacramental churches, the sacraments do play a large role in how they articulate yeah. um, uh, God working in the new covenant. Um, but if you're in a room full of, that's an ecumenical kind of dialogue room, well then don't don't go that way, right? Um, necessarily, don't cause division among brothers to a certain degree. And so it depends who like age. Who's in the room? Is it going to cause conflict? Is that conflict worth having? Yep. You know, um, I'm sure Timothy Keller's book gets into audience and stuff like that and how you present it to that audience kind of thing. Um, Does it? In, in the sense that the, the pastor being the shepherd does ultimately lead in some sense. Okay. And, and should definitely know the path before he leads someone down it. So like there's some of that, know your audience, but it's, it's more know your congregation. Yeah. So uh, I think ultimately his point in, in preaching was that there is a, a responsibility of the pastor to not only delineate scripture, but also the method of preaching. So mm-hmm. when you talk about, should you know your audience, it's for some types of preaching, yes. For some types of preaching, no. Right? Like for, okay. for street preaching, it's it's very different from knowing your audience for Sunday morning preaching or midweek preaching, like that kind of thing. Right? Fair enough. Um, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I wish I had more complex notes on that book, but that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. 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 Um. 
excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, afterwards, you have uh, another technique. Colton and I have discussed about this elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, political preaching. Colton, yes. you want to take it away? Should politics be preached from the pulpit? The three P's, politics, preaching, pulpit. Um, <laughs> In no particular order. Because <laughs> I think that we'd all agree that there are principles like the reason why people believe in different things in politics is because they have different moral principles that they're working under. Um, and is it so things like, uh, if we're talking about things like abortion or, uh, mm-hmm. modern conflicts or anything like that, you're going to, and they, those can be used in sermons and talked about in sermons, but that's not the same as talking about or supporting politics or political sides or sure. becoming like a political that. block. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like, a lot of the deep, yeah, the deep south. south evangelical movement has basically become a political block Southern, at times. Southern Baptists are pretty famous for this. Yeah. yeah. But, and it gets concerning when they have a homogenous voting base in one church. Yes. Right. Like, well, we as a church, we're Republicans or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, regardless. Or liberals. Or liberals. Those do exist. It mm-hmm. does. Not as common, but they do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're becoming more common, I'm concerned. Anyway. That is true. But um, concerned for both, but still. Is it okay to, from a pulpit, sit, like be not necessarily partisan because it doesn't have to be just we're talking about this, but should you talk about politics itself from the pulpit? I've brought this up elsewhere. Hmm. Um, the more and more I read, the more and more I think, the more and more I think that there is all things are religious, right? Um, Everything has a philosophical backing and philosophical backing is often the, it's not just akin to religious thought. I think it is intrinsically tied to religious thought. And so I don't think everybody has some sort of, everybody has some form of religious thought. Politics has religious, not just impact, but I think that the, the, the values that are, that are propagated in the moral systems of different political parties, um, have religious motives, religious values put on them. Or at the very least, the ideology you follow can take the place of sure. religion. Yeah. Um, Not just can, does. Yes. For a lot yeah. of people, for sure. No, um, I, I think, well, and this would be the difference too, I think between maybe myself and you, my argument is that everything is religious. Mm-hmm. Um. But in the same way, bad politician. Hmm. Uh, oh, you know two, what? I two seconds. Just, Can yes, I? Sorry. Um, because of that, I think you, every sermon technically, to a certain degree, is political. If you're going to present mm. on moral topics at all, you're going to present on things that, that verge on political concepts. Um, I disagree. But, but I think that they're so trans, they're so distant from each other. People don't make connections. Sure. Um, are, are you saying that because it talks about moral principles or moral axioms that Christians hold that's going to impact their political worldview? Or no, it's going to be political worldview. It's, it's, it, it either reinforces or encourages or attacks alternative views out there. Right. Right. Like we can't we can't deny the fact that for the vast majority of human history, politics and religion were intrinsically tied. You couldn't make a political statement without without appealing to the gods. Right. And yet somehow we think we can do that now. 
It's just we just don't appeal to the gods in our politics. Sure. And yet if, if I if I talk about something like universal basic income, uh, there are Christians who agree and Christians who disagree with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I don't think it's a statement on religion itself. It's how to support what you believe. No, but I think that there's religious the concepts of human, the, the, of the human responsibility in a society in, baked into that concept that partake in the religious sphere. I'll, I'll come out and say, um, I don't like the fact that there are voting blocks within churches. I think that's horrible. I think that's very, very bad. I don't like it when when pastors go out and you need to go at, vote X this party, right? Such things are normally presented in an extremely unwise, untactfully, unthought through um, manner. But I don't think that politics can or should stay out of the pulpit. I think that they are, that there's a deep connection there that can't mm. just be severed. If... That's my argument. Sure. I think in terms of just politics, I, because I, I agree when it comes to moral standings on things like abortion probably should be talked about. Homosexuality should be talked about from the pulpit to some degree. Um, but the, like, here's an example. The, the, the view of, of the human in a Marxist ideology, which is for greater or lesser, um, tapped into by many political parties throughout okay. Western culture has a different anthropology than Christians. Yep. And thus, when we preach on, on the doctrine of man in churches, we are preaching a political concept. Well, no, because I, politics and religion. I think are, it affects politics, but I don't think it it's it, you're not preaching politics. If you talk about anthropology in church, hmm. it affects your politics because you're giving a moral worldview from which people act politically. Yeah, I guess well, I think there's a difference between talking about politics in the sense that you are talking about bills, you are talking about who's elected, you're talking about these yeah. things. But then if you, there's also politics where you are spouting their talking points, right? Their their propaganda, their that they the things that they propagate, right? Yeah. So when you say universal basic income, with no relation to whether there's a vote or whether there's something that you're compelling them to do, um, it just seems like a weird move. Sure, but there are people who do stuff like that. People who say you should, um, like, there is a certain form of pastoring I could see where you talk to someone. It's like, hey, uh, your view on economics isn't very good. You mm-hmm. believe that it's, you get all, like, people who have money have power over you or something like mm-hmm. that, but maybe it's a better way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I, but should, be, should that be done from the pulpit? That, that's more mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Well, I mean, uh, a pastor, a sermon that would go, let's say, against materialism Mm. right against um using the poor right Mm -hmm. um i would think would not just not just affect our politics but is an attack upon positions that are built in, or that are baked into some political ideas, some political ideas. That's part of their foundation. And when you preach a sermon on, hey, don't take advantage of the poor, materialism is bad, mm-hmm. that fundamentally attacks uh, the, 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 the structure underneath that political idea. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's not an effect. It's an attack. Like it's, 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 they're, they're, they're linked. They're not just a cause, like, a, like distantly. Well, I... I but you, you can talk then affects how they see things politically, but you don't have to directly talk about like, 
I suppose you don't have to always draw out that it's like, and this is why this party is wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. Like, not just I suppose. I would not recommend doing. I, I think for moral quandaries, absolutely. When I say political, I mean like actual dialogue, partisanship, um, whether you like whether you should support bills, whether you should support parties or my members within those parties, how you should vote, how you should act as a political character within society, stuff like that. Um, like like logistics. I think the practicality of it would be more in the cultural plot. Sure, I would say more philosophically. It should be done philosophically from the hmm. from the pulpit and religiously from the pulpit. This could be something that you and I get deeper into. I don't want to get stuck directly. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll Good move point. on. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what about if a church have church politics are are a problem? What if a church itself is like, say there there's a big argument over whether or not the carpet should be brown or green, and the church is about to split over it. Uh, I'm bringing first I, to the individual, then to the board. Then you do it in front of the congregation, right? But say it's it's not just the person, but like there's this big split within the church over whether or not this matters, and mm-hmm. they're like it's going to become a big deal if it's not addressed in some way. Yeah. Should you as a like should a preacher go to the pulpit and be like, okay, we there's this issue in the church that's not being addressed, or I've tried to address it, but people aren't listening. We need to nail it down here and now. Mm-hmm. Is there a place for? Some, I I tried to pick the least politically divisive. Or yeah. uh, I mean, I I, I can just pick a board. There may be a That's place. I one. just don't know. I'm not wise enough to to say <laughs> where's the line. Okay, one that's a little spicier then. Uh, homosexuality. There's a big split within your own. Be gay or you shouldn't be. The <laughs> just just okay. whether you should Here's or shouldn't be. Oh, yeah, well, some for some people that nope. is the base and that is the argument. But um, should a pastor, if like, because I agree, you should talk to individuals about this. If that's not an option or if it's already been exhausted, should you go to the pulpit and be like, okay, this is what our church stands for. This is what this the re, this is the biblical backing for this thing. You need an incredible amount of of scriptural backing for stuff like that. Sure. It, it's. I don't think it can be our group hates your group. I think it has to be our group believes this. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you don't believe yeah, this, yeah. it's not that we hate you. You are not part of this group. Right. Right. Because by definition, we adhere to God's word. Um, and I think that's ultimately how it should be done. I don't know if it should be done by from the pulpit. Um, I, I think I there's think a that's, place for it, but I've seen it done badly. Wouldn't, would that be, wouldn't that be the place to show how, where the church stands on that, though? No. There are, there are things that happen in the life of a church that aren't just on the stage. So have a meeting specifically about, hey, we are going to discuss our values. Because if you have people walking in off the street and they're like, you know what? This church, not about that. Right? Mm. If they have, As if your Sunday morning <clears throat> is about division. Well, here's the thing. You don't use your family vacation. To air out your family's dirty laundry, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I suppose if there was, if your church was in a crisis about, I would say if it's in issue, crisis. I don't know if it's just in general. You yeah. Should, uh, yeah. If it was, if your church is in crisis, um, maybe not a Sunday, but plan. I guess to, to Joel's point, plan a meeting to deal with that. Mm. Call a congregational meeting. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, okay, I personally think that there is a lot. I don't think it should just be done flippantly. I think it has to be done as a, because like you said, it can show people from the outside that 
like where you stand mm-hmm. or that you're causing the vibe within your own church or something like that. But there, I do think that there is a point where it needs to be done. Sure. Well, and, and I, I don't, I'm not saying don't teach on it ever either. Mm-hmm. I, right. But if you, if it's a crisis of a church that maybe needs to be handled with more tact. Yeah. Right. Because I think you should be preaching about uh, sexual ethics on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Not just controversial topics. Yeah. 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 There's, there's definitely a place for that for sure. But you're talking about dealing with issues in the church. That's what church politics is. Sure. You're not just going to blank. Cause I also think it's, it's rough to preach against people from the pulpit hmm. where you know who you're looking at and you're like, Oh, this sermon's for you. That's tough. Well, people for sure. I agree. But worldviews and say this is what Christ stands behind. I think that mm-hmm. it does have to be done sometimes. Yeah. And should be done sometimes. I, I agree that you shouldn't be doing it flippantly and you should have backing yeah. and should be done tactfully. But I, I guess the, the thing would just be whether is, or not should be done. Should that be done on Sundays? Yeah. I think it could be. Maybe even should be. But hmm. I don't think so. That's your that's your face forward. That is the the day when you are serving the entirety of the congregation. Um, yep. And I think, and I'm coming from this, from a pastoral angle. Sure. Like actually people need to be bought in, in order to listen to something like that. Right. Yeah. Do you think if you have an hour of your congregation's time to um, encourage them to live a life for Christ that week or encourage them in their walk with God or give them something they can use that week, that the best way to do that is to so not so division, but to point out division in the congregation. No, I think it's, Hey, we can meet at a separate time. And I've been in churches that do this. But even with just normal people, not the people over it. If it gets, you leave, you never, you are never associated with the church. The church does not split. You leave the church. I, that's how I, that's how I see it. That could be interesting to to talk about later. I don't know if I even fully understand it. Um, I also think the sun, the purpose of the Sunday service and the Sunday sermon mm. to, to be more specific on our point does matter in whether or not that you would address this. Like let's say in more, in more liturgical services, the, the purpose of Sunday, the Sunday service is to go through the liturgy and, and celebrate the Eucharist um, by um, leavers in that moment. I don't know if that is the play, if that's the purpose of the Sunday service, like explicitly articulated there. I don't know if that's the place to do that, especially when it's normally those sermons only are only 15 to 20 minutes in those systems. Right. But I think especially if it's a church, if you're talking about very heavy church division, you're talking church in crisis, you're talking it's going to split something crazy's going down. Colton, you're absolutely right. Certain truths need to be stood for to the nth degree. Mm. Absolutely. But I don't know if Sunday, the Sunday service is where it, is where the 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 salvos be attack isn't a bit fair, but well, I, I think understand. that's what it would be. Is you're hiding behind the idea that I I get an hour of free talking, mm. right? Well, no, because the the point would be is that this is a this is a period of you either let the church continue in its whatever trajectory it's going, or you say as a pastor that this is where we're going to well, stand. But that's that's what the meeting on Wednesday would be, and that yeah, there's no my, reason why it couldn't be on Wednesday. My take is except that for not you, everybody's going to be to Wednesday. That's if your church is in crisis, then sure. Most if people don't go if to Wednesday services. If you can't make it to Wednesday, then okay. Sunday's not the time for church politics. 
it's the time for everyone to, you know, get along for a day. Right. Like that's, that's unless you can't because the the issue is so bad. I, I suppose. But my whole thing is if you only show up for Sunday and if you can only be there Sunday, you're probably not part of the church politics. Yeah. Sure. Right. Like, cause the life of the church is much bigger than a Sunday morning. And I guess we can cover that. I think well, it's an interesting topic that you we're going to have to talk about off air a yeah, bit more. I'm, I'm I didn't realize you guys disagreed so hard with me on this, but at the same time, I think it's one that is more for the comment section too. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Uh, taking a quick side, we're going to, we're going to kind of change what we're talking about. We're going to run through some faster questions because we're reaching our yeah. pseudo limit. Um, pros and cons of electionary uh, <laughs> system of preaching. Sorry, what? Lectionary. Addiction, a dictionary? Lectionary um, versus an open system. So an open system would be most evangelical churches, yep. uh, many, even some, some um, reformed, right? Um, whereas a lectionary is like, hey, you know what? The verses that are preached, that are read on Sunday and preached upon Follow are predetermined. Yeah. 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 Um, what, are the, what do you guys think are the pros and cons of each system? Uh, pro, uh, you have a lot more time to write and especially if it's something that's like repeated, like I know the Roman Catholics tend to repeat things over a year or a few years. I can't remember exactly what it is for certain topics they'll cover, uh, whether it's going over a chapter in John or if it's talking about, uh, tithing or something like that. (laughs) Um, or, uh, going over different things basically the idea um oh my gosh my brain died sorry i got distracted by the watch they go over the things i would i here's one of the things that i like it is it does force you at many times to be exegetical because oftentimes groupings of scripture will just walk through that whole section yeah so you have to be you're forced to be exegetical um additionally it doesn't matter where you go if you go to you visit Mm. a different different parish or a different different church you're still going to get part of that flow of the conscious flow right um con you're stuck in that flow yeah if the biggest con i can think of is that if there's something more relevant to the church you're preaching to um like an issue that's affecting your church specifically like say it's in a very poor neighborhood and you're gonna you should probably talk about how to be more responsible with your money that's um, all you should talk about when you're in a poor neighborhood. That was a wild no. thing to pull out. Of I, wanted to, I wanted to pick a less political topic. That's pretty political. <laughs> oh, you're uh, poor? Be better. <laughs> what was it? Uh, oh, that's going to be the intro. No. Said, yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe there are like, if you're preaching to a different culture that doesn't have the same things that the West would have, uh, some, some things wouldn't make as much sense to them whereas talking yeah. to them in the about different things might be more relevant to pros, the day. Pros and cons of an open system. Oh, you actually have to uh, pray and discern God's will for the, uh, the sermon. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> like, like extra Dude, hard. lectionary sounds awesome, and it'd be great to just know what you're going to preach. But, eh, I mean, a lot of the best preachers I know, their reason for reading scripture comes right into their own devotion. And so they've spent yeah. a considerable amount of time in that work. Whereas my, my thing is if I knew I was going to preach on that, maybe I'd spend time meditating on it, but there's more likely that I would just, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to write about. 
and it wouldn't be something that jumped out of scripture Interesting. and, and kind of came to mind. I think the worry with an f- open system is oftentimes the consistent content of the single pre- preacher, or mm-hmm. let's say even just yeah. a tight grouping of sc- preachers, they'll focus on theological concepts and texts and verses and whole Bible books mm-hmm. that they think are interesting. Mm-hmm. And so whole other sections of theology can become kind of ignored at the same time you can be very um like up to date very on point with where people are at so yeah yeah um i think a big con is that the quality can go down very quickly Mm. or or it can be really bad in an open system whereas a closed one you have a lot of building blocks so it's not going to be as bad it can still be bad but it could be not as bad final question yep what do I do if I disagree with the content in the sermon? Yell it out to the pastor. Mm. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. We had a drunk guy do that one time. <laughs> that sounds like a at good our church. Yeah. I've never been in a church where I've heard someone yell out to a pastor during a sermon. Yeah. I've had people that. yell at, ser- at pastors after sermons, but yeah. not that. Yeah, I've seen that too. Um, hey, you, and again, the church is not... It doesn't just come awake at on Sunday and then go to sleep for the rest of the week. That's ridiculous. Make a, a schedule of time to talk to your pastor, especially if you've been going to this church for enough time that he has a position of spiritual authority in your life. Hmm. Don't let yourself be angry at spiritual authority. Actually talk to the guy. Um, My policy, not that I've ever had to enact it, is if it is straight up legitimately heresy, just leave. God, yeah. Yeah, I think it depends how long you've been in that church for. Like, just stand up, walk out. Oh, like that day you yeah. walk out, not yeah. just leave the church and. No, I'm not saying leave oh, okay. the church entirely, okay, okay. but okay. it's like if somebody got up there and was like, "By the way, we don't actually believe that there are three persons in the Trinity." Just be like, "Oh, stand up, leave." Ace, <laughs> I oh sure. There's, there's know a certain... what your grievances are. Don't just walk in and say, "I didn't like that you said this." No, why didn't you like that? Right. I've had people who come up and they don't like a worship song because they think it has the wrong focus or something. And they don't just say you don't like something. That's not a good reason to leave a service. Absolutely. Um, yep. Even oh, if you disagree with how we presented scripture, right? Um, make sure that you disagree with actual things he says, not just the way he presents something. Or even just the way you feel. Yeah. Made me feel bad. That's yeah. dumb. I, I think if there's a denial of like the core of the Christian faith, I'm like, ah. It, I, yeah. I think if, it, if you hear something you disagree with or something you don't like from a sermon, it's kind of a few steps. The first step is challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Why do I don't, not like this? Am I the one in the wrong? Because yeah. I don't want to be that guy. But the person who's preaching is an authority on the Bible over you. They might not be authoritative. Like It might, it might be wrong. But you should, you should assume that they know what you're talking about more than you do. Mm-hmm. However, you shouldn't just stay there. You shouldn't just be like, oh, well, they know what they're talking about. I don't. Investigate, look into it, figure it out. Talk to, then talk to the person if you still disagree or whatever. Or even if you agree and it's like, oh, hey, I thought it was wrong. Thanks for telling me I was, I was wrong. That's the kind of thing. Or, sure. And if it's getting really bad, then, you know, if they're actually, if this is a continuous thing, if someone is actually being heretical in church. And someone's like, yeah, you know what? God doesn't actually exist. It's more about like a feeling that all mm-hmm. of us have. Uh, it's kind of a deistic or 
non-spiritual feel like idea mm-hmm. um maybe maybe you should report them <laughs> if you've talked to them a few times and you yeah. this is a continual thing yeah and be familiar with your church's organization right like yeah. if you actually need to go to the board about it you can go to the board or if you need to go to whatever head office your church has or yeah. diocese or however it's too scary to talk to the person let's just Let's not even talk to them about yeah, it. Don't go be a over coward. their head. Yeah. Don't go just over their head. That's a good policy, just in general. Yeah. No. Don't be a coward. There's Listen, a reason why chain of command start exists. wars over religion, okay? We can send a freaking email. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not the a worst. bunch of dudes went to the crusades. Like, come on. Yeah. Those people believed they were, you know, on their way to heaven because of it. No, you can send an email. That's your crusade. That's your crusade. <laughs> your crusaders. E Crusaders. E Crusaders. Uh, um, now that we've ended on a high, uh, very high, very high note of E Crusading, yeah. um, Joel, can you take it away? Before it gets released, we've had a uh, real tough time with our sound equipment today. So if there are any uh, bumps or squeaks, uh, thank you for listening this far. Um, yeah, check us out on secondratesaints.com. Um, You'll find links to everything that we're doing there, and we're hoping to have more to do. So keep an eye on on that. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about this episode, uh, you can email us at secondratesaints at gmail.com or the chat bar at uh, uh, whatever our website is, secondratesaints.com. Man, I say that so many times. Okay, uh, let's just end the podcast. Goodbye. Yeah, just end it. Still recording.